Hey guys, just to let you know, this particular episode of Conversations About Dot 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 is going to be part of the NSC Roadshow. Here's an opportunity to get to hear about some awesome Kickstarters, writers, artists, and inkers and different things like that, different people who are involved in creating their own Kickstarter campaigns. You can join up on these campaigns. You can go support these campaigns. And all you have to do is go to www.inkedmarketing in order to find out more about these wonderful Kickstarter projects as they go. Thank you for joining us. Let's get ready for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will. Today, uh, for the NSC uh, Roadshow, I get the opportunity to interview Aliyam Leggett, who is doing an awesome comic book that I've personally backed uh, called uh, Sweet Pea. And so I saw the artwork on it. I saw the story behind it because, like I told y'all before, if y'all been listening for a while, I'm a sucker for good art. But story is going to keep me coming back. So that's the thing I wanted to get into. And so, first of all, say hello to the people. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm glad happy to be here. Not a problem at all. So uh, first things first, as always, whenever I'm talking to a creative person, especially related to a story like this, I just want to kind of pick your brain on the background and stuff, like how you got into this world of the geek and what inspirations got you as you were growing up and things like that. So I want to let you guys talk a little bit about growing up and things that you got into that were geeky and how you went from here kind of to where we are now. Yeah, well, I always had an interest for um, for art and uh, comic books and uh, cart- Saturday morning cartoons and everything like that. And uh, that's something that really stuck with me through life. I kind of switched over to uh, anime and manga for a while and uh, made my way back to, uh, you know, the tra- our traditional Western comic styles and, and uh, animation. And I think we've really been making a big comeback with animation lately. Comic books never left, but I'm just I'm just really getting back into, uh, to you know, our side of things with the stories. So it's a little okay. bit of catching up with that, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so you mentioned animation. You mentioned Saturday morning cartoons. Now, mm-hmm. kids, there was a time, I get to see that old man get off my lawn moment. <laughs> There was there were times back in the day where you worked hard on a school week, okay? Like you felt like you did. Uh, you know, you didn't get the nine to five, and you compare it, and you're just like, ah. Eh. But anyway, when you're a child, that was school's work, okay? So then you woke up. Now, the rest of the week, man, it would take a megaton bomb dropping outside of your house to get you up most of the time, because you had to go to school. But on Saturday mornings, it's like your body instinctively was like, where's the cereal? Where's my place on the couch and on the floor or wherever? And what channel that I'm watching first? Because you usually went round robin, depending on what mm-hmm. your favorite shows were. So what were Liam's favorite cartoons growing up? Well, I definitely never mixed. I never missed X-Men. I never mixed Spider-Man. Later on, I never mixed... Um... I've never missed Batman the animated series or Superman the animated series. I never missed Justice League. I watched uh, a lot of Animaniacs. I would catch them. Um, but really, man, I would watch anything. I would watch Muppet Babies when, you know, when I was younger. I would watch everything <laughs> with, with any cartoons that I could find, man. I really have like a deep love for just the art form of it all. Right. You know? And if it comes with a story, that's even better. You know what I mean? 
there you go. So yeah, I, like look, I watched the little Muppet Babies. I ain't gonna lie. You know, there, there, there were some times where, like, my sisters or cousins and them would be over and they'd want to watch something for them, you know. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, me growing up, it was, like, Mask. It was, like, G.I. Joe, Mask, Transformers. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Thundercats, depending on where you were. And then, really, Batman animated series for me wasn't until I got it. I got, I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was more of my, you know, afternoon stuff, you know, because you had like yeah. Disney afternoon, and then you had yep. like the Batman animated series, so I was trying to figure out how I was going to watch like Batman and watch Gargoyles right after. Like I was trying oh, to figure man, out Gargoyles, how to man. <laughs> yeah. schedule. Because you had to, you got to understand, man, like this was like college level course, like trying to come up with schedules for your cartoon stuff, because mm-hmm. yep. it was all over the place. But, uh, now you mentioned also anime and manga. So, what kind mm-hmm. of anime and manga? Because I saw you, you said you kind of slid from the Western stuff to more of the, the anime and manga. So, what kind of anime and manga were you into? Well, um, I used to watch... Now, manga, mind you, you know, this is back when cartoons were really for, for kids around here, right? So, when you see Akira or Ghost in the Shell or something like that, or Appleseed, and it really just, like, what they were doing, or even like a Ninja Scroll on VHS, you know, like that really blew my mind, man, what they were doing. Like, cause it was just so cool and, and like intense, you know, with the stories and everything. But at the same time, I would every once in a while catch these elusive episodes of Dragon Ball on the air, <laughs> you know, and then not be able to find them again for a while. Right. Eventually I ended up finding them. Um, we used to have, to get my to get my anime fix, I would have to go downtown to this one store that used to sell VHS um, box sets uh-huh. of, of different series. So that's how I ended up watching stuff like Trigun and, and um, uh, Roy Kenshin and a couple of a couple of other things. So yeah, yeah. Man, it's... it's interesting that you said like Trigun because Trigun is one of those animes a lot of people sleep on. Because they think, oh, it's just this story about this guy who's a gunslinger. I'm like, dude, it's so much deeper than that. Like, it's like aliens. It's like brothers battling each other. Then all these people that are kind of on the sides. It's about these relationships that this guy has built. But yet they have no idea what he's truly capable of. And like when he finally, that moment for me in Trigun when Vash is going up against I, I, I can't think of, it's Val something. It's like something like the, he, he's robbing a bank. He's got like the one bullet left. And like the guy knows, he's like, he's been counting bullets. And he's just like, oh, you don't have one bullet left. You can't kill me. And then like he shoots him. And then that arm gun comes out. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, man. What just happened? You see that look in Vash's eye change. He's been goofy the whole time. Until yep. that moment, and you're just like, this dude right here is dangerous. Yeah. Don't push me past that limit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good he guy. definitely was just like, yeah, don't sleep on the small, blonde-haired, goofy guy. Yeah, Kenshin was the same way, though. Um, you know, he was a goofball for most of the series, but then you find out, like, he really left a life behind him where he's got, like, 100 bodies. <laughs> you know, his, his nickname is the Manslayer, so. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 
And so let's get let's go from here and kind of go into Sweet Pea. Let's talk about now. Has this story been brewing around in your brain for a while, or is this something that you kind of were like, "I'm coming back to comics. I want to tell a story." Like, where did this story kind of come from? Well, I mean, I guess it's a kind of a gift for me to make up the um, make up these stories because um, due to my appreciation for the stories that I grew up watching that we just talked about. I always, uh, I have some artistic talent, so I would draw characters and then come up with stories for them along the way. And I and I played some uh, some tabletop gaming too, where I had characters. So a lot of a lot of the uh, Sweet Pea story comes from from that library of stories that I already have. But these uh-huh. two characters, Marcus uh, and Amani Williams, I drew them up and uh, at the beginning of 2020, I was on a break at work. I drew these two characters up and I said, man, these, I love uh, the ideas that I'm getting for these guys. I might make a book for them. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward two years. And I think. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fast forward two years and, uh, you know, I got into these Facebook groups where, uh, like, I create comic books, black comic book creators and other things like that. And I found these communities that, that really help people. That uh, you know, independent creators with ideas. They the, the the independent comic book community is excellent. You know, it's one of the most welcoming communities that I've ever been a part of, and they really helped me take this from one of the many ideas that I've had, and gave me that that drive and just belief in myself that I could actually make a comic book. So you know, once I did that, I sat down with the right people. Here we are. <laughs> okay. And so, but now it comes to the more interesting part. You mentioned this was you were doing tabletop gaming and things like mm-hmm. that, and you created these stories. What led to this story? Because I see stories about single father mm-hmm. trying to be a protector for daughter. I see mm-hmm. a story about monsters showing up in the middle of it and, and different things like that. So how did how did how did we how did we put this together? Okay. Well, I think that uh, the best stories that I've experienced have had some kind of basis in realism without just overtly hitting you over the head with a, with a message. You know what I mean? So in the city that I live in, there is, I'm actively involved with the youth inside of my community. Uh, I'm a part of a scholarship fund uh, board, and I'm also a part of a, of a um, Boy Scout program. And uh, it's not the Boy Scouts, but it's a scouting program, an independent scouting program for the, for the uh, you know, young men inside of our city. Yeah. And there's a lot of violence in the city and there's a lot of traps in the city. So these kids are going through a lot of things, you know what I mean? And, and, so, are the, and so are the parents. I'm a father. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, my oldest is, is my daughter, Anaya, and my middle name is Imani. <laughs> so, um, so these are things that I worry about, you know what I mean? If they're coming up inside these situations. So I wanted to tell this story in a funner way, you know, like an interesting way, but without, without getting into, you know, like uh, reinforcing negative stereotypes. So instead of, you know, just people hurting each other, there's monsters in the streets now, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and, um, you know, and the dad, I guess that's kind of a, a, a father fantasy where, you know, like you do anything to protect your kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, once you get a chance to read just read the story, and I hope you enjoy it, you'll see that the um also the the legacy that you leave behind 
and and your children and how you know like you do your you do your best job to raise them and you hope that it has an impact on them later on in life so you'll see elements of that inside of the story too but the, the challenge is because <clears throat> i didn't want to do a slice of life how do i do this in a way where that's the undercurrent of the story where the main thing is you know like there's the action and the invasions and the monsters and all you know like all that stuff so that's where i went with it yeah i see the interesting thing was it's funny because i was i'm weird like i have a hard time shutting my brain off when it comes to like metaphor and so there are mm-hmm. certain things I'll look at and I'll be like, hmm, I wonder if this is representing this. And I wonder if this is representing this. Or if this is just, this is just what it is. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I've always kind of wondered about the message behind things. And so it's interesting there how to do this. Now, another thing I wanted to ask was you mentioned you are father yourself. So what, are there any experiences that you get to kind of share in the story while you're writing it? Without, like, being direct, being of course, problem. you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I think it's just that we want to explore a lot of things because one of the main, one of the main story arcs is following Imani uh, losing her innocence as, you know, like, just from going from childhood to adulthood is something lost along along that way. And the environment that you're coming up in, and I threw her inside of like the craziest environment ever. So you see what that happens, what you know how that develops a child. So um, yeah, you know, there's a little bit of my own parents in inside of there, but not 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 too much. I don't right. Think so <laughs> okay, and so it's 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 interesting too because you don't see many uh, single fathers. Mm-hmm. In a story like this, you know, you you kind of you either tend to see one of two extremes. You either tend to see the single mother, or you see kind of the child on their own, and so you kind of mm-hmm. see that. So it's interesting to see. Well, some of the things that drew me to it was like it's interesting to see that your main character is a black dad, um, yeah. especially in a world where, for culturally speaking, you didn't see a lot of that. Uh, growing up, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have the image, of course, of, say, for example, like uh, Cliff Huxtable in the Cosby show, but there's always that asterisk now uh, for reasons mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into. But, uh, you know, you, one of the things that's interesting in it, you talk about not only the creatures, but you talk about, for example, loss of innocence, you talk about PTSD. Now, is that mm-hmm. something that more of uh, Marcus is going through? Or is it Marcus and Imani that are both going through it? The focus on that is going to be Imani because again, that's the fo- that's the that's the main focus of the um of the book. What's that? What's these environments doing to to our kids? To you know her. what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm trying to get the message across, but like I said, I'm not trying to turn it into uh you know a pamphlet or something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's you know right. it's just boring to read. So yeah, you know. Cause that's what we, a lot of us are dealing with stuff like that. You know what I mean? We deal with, we dealing with grief. We dealing with, with legitimate PTSD. You know what I mean? Things that really affect our, our behaviors and stuff that we see out here is crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's really not that much more crazy than seeing a monster run down the street and eat somebody. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, that's the kind of message that, you know, that I'm, the kind of thread that I'm trying to pull on and explore with the um, with the audience, like again as the undercurrent, not as the main. You'll see when you when you uh, when you get the book that 
I think I did a good job of kind of hiding it and putting it putting it underneath and leaving the you know the adventure of it all on the surface. So. Okay. Okay, and I see Marcus uh, kind of starts developing some abilities uh, as he's defending. Mm -hmm. um, so is that more from the kind of the, that anything you do to protect your kids or is there some sort of external thing that's causing this? It's a little bit of both. It's um, a, a father, you know, a parent to do anything to protect their own, protect their child. You know, I'm speaking from a father's perspective because I'm a father and I know, you know, like men, we had we had daydreams about stuff like that. You know, what I mean? he turned to John yeah. Wick for the kid. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, yeah. So there's that. And I like to think that, you know, a child believes that no matter what happened, they parent, you know, uh, come for them and, and, and help them. So there's so there's that angle, too. You know okay. what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, good, I saw, good stuff in here. <laughs> yeah, I love there's a panel in there, and I was just discuss that with you real quick. There's a panel, and I think this is from Imani's perspective. And it's 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 her it's her dad is hugging her. And mm -hmm. it says, Sometimes I think the world is already crazy before all this. The drugs, the gangs, the violence, so much anger and hatred, so much pain. I've got you, sweet pea. It's all right, baby. You're safe now. Daddy's here. Don't worry, I'll protect you. And then underneath that, it says, but I never felt afraid. He always made me feel safe. And so it's an interesting thought process when it comes to hearing a child kind of internalize that idea that, hey, I feel safe here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah, a powerful exactly, message. You know? Yeah, because I mean, like, that's our, that's been, you know, my reality and I think a lot of our reality, man, is a different you you can walk one city block and be in a whole nother world, but no matter where you at outside and in the best cases, I can't say in all cases, but in the best cases, whenever once you get past that uh you know the threshold of your door, you should feel, you know, safe and secure and you know, uh like everything's on the outside and, and you're good now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can, you can, uh, to quote my pastor, you can, uh, you can shrug off the skin of dealing with the out, dealing with the outside world. Mm -hmm. And you can take, the, you can let that fall off and you can be yeah. more yourself because there's always, depending on where you live in the world, there's always this idea that you have to armor, you have to put this kind of external armor on to keep yourself mm -hmm. safe from mm -hmm. the craziness that happens around you. And so it's interesting to, 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 to see that in a very unique way. Like I said, you know, you see the dad, he's like powering up and he's like, get away from, get away from her, you know, that type of thing. I'm just like, dude, this is really cool. Like it, it, for me, it elicited a lot of emotions of kind of like what you said about kids always believing their parents are or their parents are powerful and they can do things mm -hmm. that normal people can't do. Because you think about the, um, and I'm gonna use this illustration because I feel like it's the best one. There's a moment in the Cosby Show near the end of the show where Olivia, which is Raven Simone, is. Um, is watching Theo shoot a basketball. And and beforehand, I think Cliff is out there shooting and he doesn't do so well. And so 
Um, but then she's amazed by the fact that he can get it up to the rim. Mm-hmm. He didn't hit the shot. Yeah. It didn't matter, but it was the fact that he could get it up to the rim when she couldn't. Right. And so in her mind, he was better than she was. And so, of course, then he mm-hmm. picks her up and he, like, shows her how to shoot. And so it's really <coughs> kind of sweet, a sweet idea, but it's also this idea that kids tend to believe in those that are around them, that are close to them, that make them feel safe. And so it's really mm-hmm. cool to kind of see that in a visualization. We, we have a sponsor. So We've been sponsored. Have you ever tested your nerd kung fu? Have you ever tested nerd kung fu? Nerd kung fu, yes. You're nerd kung fu. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is nerd kung fu? Because it's not like we're going to get a bunch of nerds fighting in a ring. But maybe it's about how you look. Maybe it's about being able to show off that nerd thing that you dig. You know what I mean? Do you like The Office? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like video games, anime, movies, etc.? Because if you do, you can get your nerd kung fu on. In the description on the podcast, there will be a link. You can go there and you can order up to your heart's desire on anything from shirts to socks to posters and all sorts of things. Even The Godfather. So if you're down into movies and video games and comic books and or things like that, TV shows even. I mean, like I said, The Office. Firefly is represented. They got all sorts of stuff. It's all legally licensed official stuff. Jingle Spider, uh, what's your nerd kung fu? Uh, my nerd kung fu is weak but i feel like by following the link in the description i might be able to make it stronger smider what's your nerd kung fu my nerd kung fu is a southern style it uh is very fast very aggressive mostly uses just the two first knuckles on my hand to knock people out but that's only because the stunt people are kind enough to fall over it's up to you how your nerd kung fu is we appreciate you checking it out and grabbing the link and getting your stuff from nerdcogfu.com. Okay, so one thing I was going to ask you as well um, about this story. Now, of course, this is issue one, Purple Haze. Now, was that inspired by Hendrix or was that inspired by something else? <laughs> well, once I started getting the... Um, I wanted this... Uh, there's an energy source inside of the sky that causes the monsters to portal in and, 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 you know, all these fantastic things to be able to happen inside of the world. So I wanted it to be a purple aurora, purple aurora in the sky. And once I started getting the book, the letter, the, uh, the colored pages back, like, man, there's a lot of purple inside of this, uh, <laughs> inside of these pages. <laughs> a lot of purple, like. <laughs> You know, so that's where that's how that idea just came to me. That you know what, man, I'm going to run with it. I'm even going to call it Purple Days just to put a um a little spin on the you know the more popular word, yeah, Purple Haze, and I decided to go with Purple Haze. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, you, you know, you might have to get some um, might have to pay some royalties out if you want to get Hendrix playing in the background at some point. I don't know. Oh man, that'll be that'll be bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You know, just he, he, he then he hits a monster with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you've got you've got Marcus and you got Jimi Hendrix sitting there with two battle guitars going at. I don't know. that, up, that yeah. yeah, the ultimate team up, Hendrix and Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, uh, all right, so we go from there to there, and I looked at some of the additional, because I've seen since I initially came in, of course, there's, you know, some uh, backer things and stuff like that that have opened up. So I want to talk a little bit about that, as always, uh, with that. Of course, we got some stickers. We've got a poster. And we've got some other stretch goals. Like there's some books, other books that are coming out with it, as far as PDFs go. And things like that. Talk to me a little bit about some of the different things that are coming with this. Okay, well, the campaign has been backed already. So inside of the rewards areas, you had the option for the just the digital, physical, the combination of the two. There was also a, a sticker bundle which included all six uh all six main characters from the uh, from issue one. <clears throat> there was a poster which would be signed by me. There's opportunity to get a signed copy. There's opportunity to appear inside of the book as a background character or, or a prominent character. And there's also a statue, which I don't know if I have it nearby, but there's a statue uh, for, you know, the highest tier. And once we've now that we've, we've been fully funded. So what I'm trying to do now is increase the value to the backers by getting, you know, more backers. There's a backer based stretch goal where the more backers we get, we're including other books, uh, my guys over at Ink Studio Solutions, wonderful team, provided me with some uh, extra books to give out to the people that chose the back. And I think so far we've got six additional digital books unlocked. So that's great. I'm happy to be able to present that to the people that you know chose to back the project. And yeah. uh, we also going to have, um, you know, I think the first monetary goal is a uh, there's a sticker, and then there's uh, art prints from my personal collection of work available for people to choose from and then there's magnets and more art prints and if we go further than that then you know we'll um you know I'll, as far as we can stretch it out you know we'll, we'll keep stretching <laughs> okay yeah. and so uh one thing about that i saw some of the art i'm like okay that's that's dope i like that uh so it's just different things so i'm gonna have to look at some look at some options on uh adding some add-ons or something <laughs> uh, yeah no i mean thing- i'm a, i'm like I told you, I'm a, I'm a, a personally I'm an artist. I wanted to, uh, but I do more of um, acrylic. I work more with uh, acrylic and just digital work, but not in comic books or anything like that. So, right. I mean, I have like a, a vast, maybe like twenty or thirty different items to choose from. So, I would love to be able to to give those to people. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, now, what I was going to ask you was, of course, I know uh, it can be very difficult uh, if you're a one-man show trying to do the whole do a whole project. So we know most of these projects don't come as a one-man show. So my question is now, let's talk a little bit about your team. Let's talk about the people that help put this thing together. I know you mentioned at the beginning about joining groups and getting mm-hmm. very feeling very invited and things like that. But talk to me about some of the other people that were involved in the project to bring it to pass. Okay. Well, um, and one of those groups, I met this guy, uh, Stephen Duffy represents Apex Comics UK. He's one of the one of the nicest people that I ever met, man. He he really helped me as um, you know, as far as walking me through the process of pulling a team together and understanding that I don't have to do everything on my own, even though I am, you know, I am an artist. He's, you know, like you got the options. You want to, you want to take time to get it to where the level of art that you wanted to do, or you want to go out and hire artists. You know, it's up to you. 
you want to learn how to do all the writing by yourself or you want to, you know, write alongside somebody else, you can do that. And these are things that I, I've never really considered was possibilities. I thought that I had to do it all, you right. know, on my own. Or if I was to hire somebody, I thought hiring out was for, you know, the big dogs, not no little old me kind of guy. But, you know, so Stephen Duffy at Apex Comics UK, they really helped me formulate a plan. It took a year to get there, but we made it through the first book. And now that I've got the formula in place, I want to do more books with maybe like, you know, I want to have issue two in like another three months. So after this uh, campaign is over, I want to not start knocking these things out, especially that now that we've reached um, our funding goal, you know, <clears throat> and I don't have to do it, uh, you know, okay, hey, I got money for a page today, you know, this week and I'll get right. back with you on my next paycheck kind of, kind of thing. Right, right. Now, you know, we can knock it out. Um, so there's that on actually developing the book. And then once I put the Kickstarter up, uh, just to give another shout out to Ink Studio Kevin and Ink Studio Solutions, you know, you know, like you might not have saw it if it wasn't for them because that's you know a whole another monster. And this is my first Kickstarter also, so I probably made every right. mistake that a person can make on a campaign. And once I start working with these guys, you know, we really, you know, got things in order and be able to present how good the book is and you know, positively. Yeah. Yeah, I know talking to Kevin, I know I'm working on some stuff I'm trying to get done. It is just me. I don't have a team of other people. Uh, but I've also had some stuff out before that I'm trying to bring together to rebrand what I had out there. Amazon yeah. was nice enough, and Amazon decided they were going to take all my stuff down. So I'm just like, okay, what do I do now? I guess i got to rebuild and start from scratch. But mm -hmm. uh, I've got some things together. I've got some people that have... Uh, that purchased the stuff beforehand and they're like, we're going to send this to you as a care package. Take care of it because I want it back. But then mm -hmm. once you get it back to me, then, you know, let me know when you do the big book and we'll we'll come together on it for you for that too. Okay. But, um, you know, yeah. So, and uh, talking with him, I know I had him on the podcast before, we, before I even started, before I even became a part of the network. You know, he would mm -hmm. talk about how Things that are really important for first-time Kickstarters to know that a lot mm -hmm. of times they don't know. And so it's just like, for example, when you're going to launch. Um, yeah. I don't think about stuff like that. It's just like, okay, I got the book ready. I got the book near complete. Let's get it out there. Well, depending on when you launch, it's going to determine how successful you're going to be. You know, right. are you going to, you know, if you're launching, because I mean, I think you launched, what, near the end of Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so like I said, I made a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. You know, luckily, uh, I didn't just rely only on them. I, I did a lot of uh, a lot of the campaigning alongside them. But, but you know, and I'm looking forward to to launching from the beginning with them next time because yeah. you know it's really it's just a total difference. But they really helped me with my uh, my ad and and presentation and everything like that because right. if it looks good, you feel better about you know. Your eyes, uh, even when you're just talking to people about it, right? you know, to tell somebody to come look at it. Yeah. Yeah. My research, man, was, uh, <clears throat> you know, like really lacking, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? As far as Kickstarter goes, I didn't right. really do, or, you know, I was misinformed in my research because I'm just looking at, okay, these guys are doing these books and they're getting this much from these books. Okay. So that must be the average of what, a, you know, what they, you know, these these things go for and people just come and, and find them on Kickstarter. But it's really, it's really not that simple. You have to have yeah. a plan in place. You know. 
You have to have a battle plan in place and you have to start out ready to go. You have to deal with the, the lean times when you're not getting as many things and how do you keep that up, you know, so you're being consistent in what you're getting, but you're not, you know, feeling like you're falling behind because, of course, you, you, you try to go through and get that thing where because Kickstarter is not going to – Kickstarter itself is not going to promote you unless you hit certain goals <laughs> early mm-hmm. on. And then it's like, yeah. okay, everybody's like, oh, well, this book got a book we love. Well, yeah, but how many how many backers did they get early on to get that point? Like, they're not just sitting right. there just arbitrarily choosing books at random. They're not going to sit there and be like, oh, this campaign looks really good. Let's choose it. Nah, it's it's you've got to hit certain metrics. Yeah, even if they, they they might be looking at it and say, man, I really like this. This this is a great looking uh thing, but you can't probably can't get books you love unless it's something that is beneficial to to you know the health and well being of Kickstarter. And right. you got like you said, you gotta hit those metrics and you gotta know what those mm-hmm. metrics are. So having mm-hmm. some professionals in your corner is is very worth it. <laughs> it's very worth it. Yeah, and that's the thing that's really interesting too is because when you look at that, you look at how it's going. So I'm going to ask this question as well, speaking of Kevin and them, um, always, mm-hmm. you know, like to let people know, you know, look, if you're trying to get a Kickstarter started, let me tell you right now, Ink Publishing is the place to go. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, I, I don't just talk to people that do Kickstarters because I enjoy it, although I do. Uh, but it's the fact that I've got people like Kevin that are promoting people that are really putting out really high quality work. Cause that's the thing too. You know, you, it's, it's one thing to say, well, they put out, they help put really good work out there. But then if you don't have something good to put out there, that's going to be tough. It's a tough mm-hmm. sale. You know, I mean, I could give, if I hand Kevin a thing and say, okay, my project is stick figure fighting and it's just going to be stick figures in a battle situation, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he could put a whole lot behind that, but there's only someone that's going to draw in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless there are some exceptional stick figures. <laughs> but yeah, I, you had to be real creative with that one. <laughs> like, if Todd McFarlane were doing stick figure books, you might be able to pull that off on a stick starter, but I think that's more because of who Todd McFarlane is, mm-hmm. you know, than anything else. A lot of new guys that are starting out don't necessarily have that backing. You know, don't have right. that name value, you know, so it's how do we create that thing. So the question for you is, what's something that you've learned about Kickstarter that you didn't realize? I know you mentioned something about my research was lacking. What's something that you learned through working with Inc. that helped you to go forward in the Kickstarter process? Well, um, you got to be patient with your pre-launch. You know, say I didn't really understand the value of a pre-launch. I didn't understand, you know, what um a early bird special is and purpose of that or the strategy of aiming much lower than what you actually looking for to be able to reach much higher you know like it's all kinds of little tips and tricks and uh, uh, things that i didn't understand and i learned i did learn you know an awful lot man and i think that the next one is going to be a a whole lot better People need to see, um, you know, it's a visual medium, so it can't just be words. You got to have the right pictures up. You got to have the right explanations up and everything like that. Because personally, I could make a great book, but my pitch is really just like, yo, it's so much going on in here. I can't really tell you because I don't want to give away any twist, but just trust me. That yeah. might work for, you know what I mean? That might work for my friend. 
but it ain't going to work for hundreds of thousands of strangers that don't, you know, don't have any reason to trust me. So right, you got to right. give them something to believe in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like I said, I think because I saw, of course, I saw every major blast Kevin does. I see it. And so sometimes mm -hmm. I, with you, it was funny because what happened was I saw it. I was like, Kevin, I need his email. He's like, well, what about that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I need his. I need to talk to this guy. He was like, okay. He said, let me know when you talk to him. I'm like, okay, I will. You know I will. I'm going to send you. I'm going to edit the stuff up. I'm going to send you the episode, and you can place it with the other stuff on the NSC. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to know when it happens, but I'm going to tell you. Um, but, so that's interesting, too, with the pre-launch and things like that. So you said you learned a lot about pre-launching. And I try to tell people all the time, look, man, if you don't do anything else when you listen to these episodes, you know, I mean, I know you don't always come to these episodes for my smiling personality, but <laughs> if you come out of it with anything, listen to what these people are telling you, because what they're telling you is stuff that they're learning so that you don't have to go through that mud puddle that they went through. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the thing about experience. It ain't cheap. But it's always better when somebody else can tell you about what they went through versus you having to go through it. So, mm -hmm. That's right. That's One thing I did, I think I did right, though, is um, <clears throat> because it was my first book, I didn't want to, just from a moral point, I didn't want to come with, uh, you know, hey, I got an idea and I made a few, here's a few sketches of what the characters is going to look like and, you know, I wanted to get the book as close to being complete as to, to the point where I can guarantee the completion of the book. You know, I wanted to um, make sure that I invested in it first before I had, uh, before I went and asked anybody else to invest. So I accomplished that by funding the creation of, uh, you know, the majority of, of the book. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I could fulfill on what I promised to fulfill before I came to Kickstarter. Know what I mean? I didn't, right. I didn't know what kind of roadblocks that I would come across, seeing as how this was my first book. I didn't know if it would take me two years to finish it or you know two months. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to yeah, make sure those that are, I got there. Right, because here's the thing: um, there's nothing worse than backing a Kickstarter, seeing it reach out full, and then you know you see the date when you're going to get the book and say, you know, I believe, and so you go in and you say, okay, so like, for example, with this book, okay, so we're looking at the date which is supposed to come out, digital copies go out in January, physical copies go out in February. All right, so let you see combinations and you go, okay, so we're going to go through and look at this. Well, let's say it's March, and we've not heard anything. People are like, you know, wait a minute, I'm supposed to get this back in February, man. You know, what's going on? So people, of course, are going to start messaging and saying stuff. Well, then you come out, it's like, oh, man, something happened major, da-da-da-da. Okay, people will ride with you as long as they know what's happening. Okay, mm -hmm. where the problem starts coming in is you get situations where later on some other deal is made or something, the next thing you know, you got people that backed the campaign initially, but then they still are waiting on their stuff while you got some other deal going on over here. 
And while, yeah. you know, we'll, 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 you know, we'll raise our fists with you and support you all the way. You know, if somebody says, well, hey, we want to pick this book up, man. We want to help you publish this on a board. You know, we want to put, put this out there in the comic book stores and stuff like that. That kind of stuff can happen, and there's no problem with that. Where mm-hmm. the problem comes in is when you're in that situation and your backers are still waiting on books. <laughs> Mm-hmm. While that happens, and I've seen that happen more times than I wish I'd seen it. I'm like, ah, so it's good yeah, to hear I'm... you say, I have a plan to make sure that these books come out on time. Yeah, and I plan on getting them earlier than out to people earlier than those dates. That's just the um, that's the date for just to give me some more room, just in case anything happens with the printers and anything like that. The proof should be right, coming back you... to me. The proof should be coming back to me uh, within a within a week or so for the uh, review. Mm-hmm. So then after that, it's just the you know whatever changes and the proof that I need to make and adding the names on the thank you page. So it might right. be you might be I might be able to push the books out in um, January as well, the physical books uh, in January, okay. and I could probably push the uh, the digital copies out. You know, I have the PDF ready to lock and load it. Again, just got to add the, uh, mm-hmm. the names on there, so that might be be there in right. time for the holidays. But again, you know, I'm not familiar with the unexpected that comes with, you know, with doing something like this. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to keep my word when I gave it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And so taking the story beyond issue one, because you know that you're working on, you said you're going to be working on issue two. Uh, How many issues can we be looking for of this? There's going to be four issues in, in this uh, introductory arc, you know, the origins of, uh, of Sweet Pea. And then, you know, after that, after all, you know, the characters and the world building is, com- is, is in place, I will most likely continue with Imani and I may spin off with Imani and Marcus and I may spin off to, um, you know, some of the other side characters, depending on the level of interest that people have on them. But the main story is about this, uh, you know, this father and daughter navigating this new world together. So, um, okay. yeah, I have some, I have some, I got some ideas and titles in mind. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So, um, one more question, one more question before we wrap up. This is one of those questions that I ask people just to just to help people understand people really well. This is the question. If you were in the world that you were creating, mm-hmm. how would you want to react interact with the main character in the story? If I was in the world that I would create you talking about my not talking about this issue one specifically or just the world overall in any in any any way any way possible okay all right um you know i i would initially want to care for her and you know like protect her just because she's a vulnerable person inside of a bad a bad bad situation you know like this is some collapsing society potentially things that's going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, that would be my initial goal. But, uh, <laughs> and I may have to say that I will probably end up trying to stay the hell away from her by the, by the time we get by the end of this arc. 
you know, I'll try to oh, get wow. far away from, you know. Okay. <laughs> so not not with a spoiler in mind, but that sounds interesting <laughs> in a lot of ways to the story. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. All right. So here's the thing. Now we're gonna finish it up. We're gonna let people let you. We're gonna let you tell people where they can send you money. So whether it's promoting the book itself, whether it's promoting the art you do outside of it, you got the floor. All right, thank you. So right now we have uh, five days remaining on the on the Kickstarter as of today. We're fully funded, but we're still trying to reach stretch goals. So I would like to direct you there first. That's uh, Sweet Pea Issue One Purple Haze on Kickstarter. You can just go right into your web browser and put ink inked dot pub slash sweet pea and then it'll take you directly to uh the campaign but besides that you can find me uh if you put in sweet pea on facebook or instagram you'll find sweet pea comic on facebook and sweet pea comic book official on instagram you can follow you can follow us there also and that'll connect you to pretty much everything right now my, my main focus is sweet pea i have alter ego arts and everything like that also but I'm just so in love with the process of making comic books that this has been my main focus right now. So I would just like to direct your attention to all things Sweet Pea. Okay, sounds good. By the way, we were talking about the team, and I think we only got the one person. I know there was more than one person that helped you oh, on this. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's not so, leave anybody out before we get this done. Let's not leave anybody out. So we have um, Yusuf, my brother in Nigeria. He um, he did all of the line work for me. He did, he did an amazing job. He really captured the... Um, essence and you know like the facial expressions and everything like that because i that's one thing i was like look man prices is, is is whatever i don't care if it take me three years to make the book i need these facial expressions to be right because you know that's the most important part of this of this story is what these characters is witnessing the effects that it's having on them so i needed mm-hmm. that to be right and he really knocked that out and then Mervin, my colorist amazing colorist man this guy um he helped. He really understood the fact that I wanted to have these this contrast of this visual contrast of this innocent color palette that really looks, you know, like there's really bright colors, a lot of um, a lot of pastel hues and everything like that, where um, you know, like it's really like kind of pretty colors. Yeah. Mixed inside of these violent situations, so you get like this kind of contrast of, of, of things going on subconsciously with the book that and you know like he knocked that out of the park so that was my full team myself steven yusuf and mervin who put this thing together man it came out great okay well you gave me a new artist to watch so i'm gonna probably be messaging you and asking you what other stuff this guy's done because i'm gonna need to go find it so (laughs) anyway uh i thank you mr leggett for your time i greatly appreciate you coming on I appreciate Thank talking you. with you. You have just joined us for a conversation with Alan Leggett concerning the book Sweet Peas. It's got five days as it's recording. We got five days left on this thing. Let's get this thing up to a whole other level, man, because we want to not only get in where the story's starting, but you want to be able to stay in for how the story ends. So that's the thing that's important. You know, uh, so people say all the time, I hear, I saw a post the other day, somebody was like, oh man, I want to wait till the trade comes out. I want to wait till the trade comes out. Let's buy it all, collect it. Here's the problem. If you don't support the one throughs, it's kind of hard to get to a trade. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and we go to our favorite comic book stores, and we'll go buy the ones 
And then once we get the ones, that, you know, sometimes you miss books. That happens. And so then what do you do? You get the trade. It's like, okay, but the trade, even the big dogs, they don't put out trades unless they know they're going to make money off of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a reality that the independent artist has to do that much more. So make sure to support it now because I'm telling you something. I saw the art. I saw the story. I saw the things that were going on, and I was immediately hooked. So I hope that you'll go check out, go to uh, to ink.pub, you know, go check out the Kickstarters that are on there in addition to this awesome work that is going out there. And um, above all else, guys, do me a favor. Be blessing me a blessing to somebody. Take care.